Merry Christmas, ho, 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 and welcome to Song vs. Song. I'm Todd Nathanson. Happy Hanukkah. I'm Danny Roth. Oh, right. <laughs> it's fine. No, no, I mean, like, we've discussed this many times. I like Christmas very much as, a, as an abstract. Like, I yeah. like the, uh, you know, there's a Christmas tree in my home that my wife put up. Yes. It's very, it's very pretty. You can look at it right now. I'm sitting right next to it. I'm not melting or burning in any way. Yeah, we're in the, we're in the holiday spirit. We've got, like, a nice Christmas-themed tablecloth on our podcasting desk. That's right, desk. Here we are. Do you feel do you feel far from me right now? I it is kind of distant. Yes, um, on, I bought a new table. I wow, I didn't even notice. Yeah, wow. we're sitting, Every, everyone we're, listening. This is really relevant to you. We got a nice table, new that's table right. here, nice new table that we podcast at. It was so that I could have more family over for Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's it's a it feels Chris, Christmassy already. We got new stuff. That's what Christmas is all about. Stuff. That's correct. Uh, no, it's not. It's about. Uh, uh, cold. Yes. Mortality. And stress. Don't forget that. Yeah. All right. So um, this is a, this is our holiday episode, I guess. Yes. Like uh, Danny came to me and said we should totally do Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer versus Frosty happened. the Snowman. This is not what happened. You absolutely did this. Next time we are doing this in writing so that we can. <laughs> At the very least, I put on the poll that this was all your idea, so that's what everyone thinks, and that's yeah. what everyone's going to continue to think because that is what happened. Okay, the you actual, came to me and said, the actual story was <laughs> we were at trivia as we are wont to do on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. and uh, you said these two songs as a joke, and then <laughs> I said, "Oh, we should. I don't know. We should do like an episode about it or something." Because I said we, I said we should do a Christmas episode. Yeah. I didn't say these two songs. I said we should do a Christmas episode. Yeah, that was. This definitely came from you because I would happily avoid Christmas music for the rest of my life. This is such an irony to me because <laughs> I love Christmas music. It's actually my favorite thing about Christmas. I don't know. Maybe you haven't had it pounded into the ground because you are not actually a Christian. I, I don't know what your background is with Christmas music. Maybe you had it less in your childhood no, I than had I did. It. I had it. Yeah. I mean, you know. I, well, I mean, I know you had it because you live in America. Like you. No, could, but I mean, anyway, the point is yeah. that uh, I did have it, but I like. I mean, we'll we'll get into it. Do you, if you truly, do, but you have like a favorite. We'll do, we'll do it at the end. Yeah, we'll do a favorite our favorite Christmas songs okay. at the end as a bonus because I believe this will be a very short episode. How could this be a short episode when these songs have been such so embedded? in the culture and have never gone away for 60, 70 years. Okay. So Frost of the Snowman, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Those are the two. Yes. Uh, interestingly, the one, actually did, should have said that in the opposite order, uh, mm-hmm. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer exists, therefore Frosty exists. Yes. That's the thing to know. That's really like the gist is Rudolph was an unexpected huge hit and so the people who made the song based on the book mm-hmm. thought, oh, we should do we should do another one of those. Um, or the guy who sang that, Gene Autry. Gene Autry. Gene Autry was like, man, need another Christmas song. <laughs> uh, and so they they got somebody to write Frosty the Snowman, and now that exists. So the one begat the other. Yeah, one is a callow, shallow, commercial ripoff of the other. Yes, it is which, the was, which is also a callow, shallow, yeah. corporate it is the asylum mockbuster wow. of song. <laughs> that being said, um, your gut reaction: somebody says Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer versus Frosty the Snowman. What's your 
What's your what's your pick? What's your what's your Sophie's choice? <laughs> yes. Okay. When you pitched this to me, it was uh-huh. all your idea. Yeah. Huh. My original op- opinion was like I I could not pick one Christmas song over the other. Like it is all I'm I'm done with it. Bah humbug. Bah humbug to it all. But like over the course of it, I was like, no, Rudolph, Rudolph easily. Run, run, Rudolph. Rudolph is the best of of the two. Hmm. Why? What is your opinion? Why? Well, so I, interestingly, I guess we'll get there because I started at also at Rudolph mm-hmm. because um, like all children, I liked to say in his underwear. What line is that from? That's that's um, that's the part where um, them one foggy Christmas, Christmas Eve, Santa yeah. came to say in his underwear. You what are you talking? That's not in the. That's not part of the made up lyrics. Like yeah, it is. I, I know all the made up lyrics. You know, like a light bulb and all that stuff. But no, I have never heard in his underwear. Oh. That, in fact, that whole bridge does not have extra lyrics. Where did you come up with that? You came up with that on your own. I absolutely did not. That is uh, in his underwear. I heard. Um, you can you can blame the fellow children at Edward H. Bryan School in Cresco, New Jersey, circa nineteen eighty five. You know, I, I was actually just kind of thinking about this. How do these things migrate? Because it, it wasn't like on an official record or anything. Isn't but like that everyone, It's yeah. like, it's like uh, what's the day before Halloween called? Uh, Devil's Night. So that's a common one. I was part of, a, again, uh, Cresco, New Jersey is part of this very specific clusters, cl- cluster of towns in New mm-hmm. Jersey that call it Cabbage Night. What? Cabbage Night. If you're listening and you know it as Cabbage Night, you're part of a very select few. Okay, well, I can see why that one did not spread. But but yeah, but in his underwear, that is that is always how I've known it. No, that I you're you've got you're a weird isolated community on New Jersey. I guess I don't know. I think maybe you just missed out. You're just not that cool, man. I mean, I, I, what I'm more curious about is how we know all the other lyrics. All the other made-up lyrics. Oh, like a light bulb. And like wait, wait, Columbus. So, so you go down in history, oh, like Columbus. What, are there variations on that one? Yes, absolutely. For <laughs> for me, it was like George Washington. I, I may have heard that one. But I think there are a few. Yeah. How do these things spread? Like These are like pre-internet memes. They're like perhaps some of the earliest examples. Somebody, <laughs> somebody scrolled them on a cave wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's strange how that is. Anyway, in his underwear is the is the reason why you, I started at uh, Red Nose Reindeer, mm-hmm. um, and then I did a bunch of research on on both, and I proceeded to do what I think is the appropriate thing to do with Christmas songs, which is listen to the lyrics over and over again over the course of as many covers as you can find, because obviously yeah. these songs get done over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Did you arrive at a different conclusion? Um, you know. So I have a very, actually, it turns out, I have a very complicated opinion about Frosty the Snowman. I have very complicated feelings about Frosty. Wow, that's, okay, let me let me say this first before we get into it. I feel like these are actually extremely different songs, or at least very different stories. Yeah, that absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let me put it succinctly. Rudolph is Rocky. Frosty is E.T. These are different stories. Okay, that's actually, a, that's a good... Yeah. If you were going to try to explain it to somebody who is from the 70s or 80s, I don't know what the modern equivalent of that is, because it's also pretty, that's pretty fucking dated, man. <laughs> that also is a, Rocky 
and E.T. I, I feel like those are still like the the premier examples of their, those specific plot types. Okay. Rocky and E.T. All right. So, Frosty the Snowman. Uh-huh. Succinctly is the second best fictional snowman. And that is my beef about him. Who is the best? One of the the two, the good Jack Frost or the evil Jack Frost talking snowman from 1998? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, so I'm going to say a thing, and it's for the people uh, of Great Britain, it will be perhaps obvious and perhaps exhausting, and for the people in America, probably largely unknown, I guess. <laughs> so uh, there's an author, uh, his name is Raymond Briggs, and he wrote a book called The Snowman, mm-hmm. which was then adapted, uh, I think in the very early 80s, into this hand-drawn, like, looks kind of like just, like, colored pencil animated, but, be- I mean, beautiful, beautiful thing. So this uh, is not ca- the Fassbender movie from ca- 2015. No, <laughs> I mean, I left all the clues, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Policeman. It's uh, it's the one, I feel like you have at least some familiar already with it because I, I mentioned it to you the last time I think we talked about it the song the one uh, that's like we're walking in the air do you remember this I have no idea what you're talking about oh my god <laughs> okay so uh, Raymond Briggs' Snowman uh, has this animated thing and the plot of it is basically um, there's a boy he makes a snowman and he goes to bed and then he wakes up and sees that the snowman has come to life him and the snowman have some fun in his house and then he and the snowman are outside and like the snowman kind of feels the call of the snowman and takes the takes the boy's hand and they run and jump until they're flying. And then they fly and fly across the world until they arrive at the North Pole. This is E.T. Uh, and uh, yeah, and they play this song called We're Walking in the Air. And it's beautiful. Absolutely. One, if I had to put my hand on my heart and say, what is the my favorite Christmas song, if you want to count it as a Christmas song, um, it's absolutely walking in the air. And what's so amazing about it is um, twofold. One, uh, that the ending is so god awful depressing, which is the, so they go and they they go to the North Pole. Santa Claus is there. All these other snowmen are there. They all dance around, and then uh, Santa Claus gives the boy a scarf with uh, pictures of the snowman on it, and then. The boy and the snowman go back home and the boy goes to bed and the snowman waits outside. And then the kid wakes up in the morning so excited because, you know, his snowman came to life. Now he's going to go outside and play with the snowman again. Mm -hmm. And the sun is shining bright in the sky and the snowman has melted. Okay, so this is this this came out after Frosty. Um, Well, yes, certainly the the animated thing did. and uh, yeah, I believe that the so the book is from 1978, and yeah, that's well and, and, after and Frosty, the, and the movie was 1982. So yeah, these are both after Frosty. Um, I just remember seeing that as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. So like, if you're in if you're in Great Britain, if you're any part of the UK whatsoever, this is like they still air it, mm-hmm. right? It's like it's the it's the classic, you know, the way that we are about I don't know, um, like a Christmas movie. Christmas Story? Christmas Story, that's the one. That's what I said the first time. Yeah. So you're saying it sucks. Screw you. <laughs> I also I also don't like a Christmas story, but I yeah. love this. 
But mm. in America, at least, um, I I'm had get crucified for that. But so <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, whatever. People are allowed to like what they like. I'm, yeah. We're both allowed to not like the 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 the, the one. With I think the, with I the, think some people might disagree with what I'm allowed to like. But like look, anyway, go on. Look, go on. Look, man, the the kid gets his tongue stuck to a pole, and it <laughs> just nightmares. I had nightmares <laughs> forever because of anyway. When I was a kid, they aired it on. I think it was like Nickelodeon. This is back in the day where, you know, the times weren't always linked up. So there would usually be a little time between programs. So, you know, they put on like Pinwheel, which was the ripoff of uh, Sesame Street. And before they would put on whatever the next program was, they'd have like stuff in the middle. So they would play the snowman. But then by the time I was probably like nine or ten, they did stopped airing it. So no, I've never heard of this. So, so for the longest time, this was a thing that I thought I had dreamt. Hmm. And then it turned out um, years later when I was in my 20s, like someone was like, oh, yeah, the, the one with the with walking in the air. And it blew my mind. <laughs> and then I, all of a sudden I came flooding back and I went and I watched it again. And I thought this is the best story about the nature of the snowman, the nature of human mortality that I have ever seen in my life. And that is why Frosty the Snowman is always going to be second banana. That's it. It's a very long <laughs> version of the story, but the fact is that Frosty the Snowman just doesn't stack up to Raymond Briggs' The Snowman, especially yeah. since one of the versions of it, when they do an intro, is David fucking Bowie talking about his snowman. Like, there's a, there's a whole bunch of children who grow up believing that that little boy whose snowman came to life is David Bowie. <laughs> Well, this was a very long sidebar about neither of these songs, but yes, well, I think we can all agree that no song is going to live up if there's like a Bowie version of it. Right. I realized that my beef with Frosty the Snowman is largely because of the the, uh, the Rankin-Bass cartoon. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I uh, rewatched it right before I came here. It sucks. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> Uh, the plot of the Frosty the Snowman TV TV movie is uh, there's a dickhead magician, magician, an evil magician, and I was like, great, we're off to a great start. Uh huh. Love that because uh, you know uh, my wife always says all magicians are perverts, which I be I believe is accurate. But the idea yeah. of like a, a shithead magician, I was like, I'm on board. Okay, <laughs> he's very bad at magic, but it happens that his hat is magic, right? And the hat brings Frosty to life. Happy birthday. Happy birthday <laughs> is the thing that he says every time the hat is put on his head. What a choice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so basically he's like, oh, Frosty's like, well, I'm excited to be alive. But every time I see red on a thermometer, I get a little stressed. Yeah. You know, he's like. I mean, I get, Frosty I get... does die horribly in that thing, too. Just like that snowman thing you were talking about. Yes, he does. But then he comes back to life permanently. Spoilers yeah. for this thing from the 1960s, uh, 1969. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So the, the gist is that one of the one of the little kids, this one little girl, takes tries to take him to the North Pole. She gets very cold. And then he tries to save her life. And he winds up in a greenhouse. This is actually the best part of the whole thing. So first of all, it's narrated by Jimmy Durante. Poor Jimmy Durante deserved better. Frosty the Snowman. I mean, that's how I like when I hear the song. I hear Jimmy Durante's voice. Yeah. Um. At, so they there's a whole thing where like he's trying to keep her warm. He goes into the the greenhouse with her, Frosty, and then the evil magician locks them inside, and Frosty melts. 
But why why is there a greenhouse greenhouse? <laughs> you, you you might ask. Well, here's the explanation they give. And now it was Frosty's good fortune that right at the bottom of the hill was a tiny greenhouse used to grow precious tropical poinsettias for Christmas. Are poinsettias tropical? I don't even know how you picked <laughs> any one segment of that sentence as the thing to say what? It's the, the every word in that sentence is bizarre. Well, I mean, presumably, that's where, you know, Santa delivers flowers too. That's very Christmassy, doesn't he? I, I don't know. Or just to decorate his toys with. He's got to grow them somewhere. Do you think maybe he has them delivered? I don't know. I don't yeah. know how it works. I did not know poinsettias were tropical, though. I don't know if they are. I just, this is, this is what. Are you saying, that, are you calling Frosty the Snowman from 1969 inaccurate? Frosty the Snowman was a jolly happy soul. Hello, Song versus Song listener. It's me, your podcast co-host, Danny Roth. In our Rudolph versus Frosty episode, which you're listening to right now, I was indeed saying that Frosty the Snowman, the cartoon, was inaccurate when it laid claim that poinsettias were both tropical and a Christmas flower. And it turns out that I, a loudmouth idiot, was, as I so often am, wrong. So (laughs) the short historical lesson is that the ambassador from the USA to Mexico around the 1830s, this guy Joel Roberts Poinsett, found the flowers in southern Mexico, shipped them back to his home in South Carolina, where he grew more in greenhouses before they eventually became popular enough in the U.S. to be named after him. So that's one thing. As for the Christmas connection, supposedly there's a Mexican legend about this little girl named Pepita, and she's sad because she doesn't have anything, you know, like radical or awesome to give Jesus for the Christmas Eve services. So she gathers up some weeds, and then they're transformed into these beautiful red flowers when she places them on the nativity scene. And that, supposedly, according to legend, is why red and green are the popular Christmas colors. But uh, if you want this dum-dum's opinion, uh, for some reason, the real reason poinsettias are popular at Christmas, at least in the United States, is because there is this family, the Eck family, who were the first to sell poinsettia plants as a whole thing in California. Um, They shipped the flowers to TV studios around the country in order to sort of get people interested in them. So they started actually showing up on like The Tonight Show, Bob Hope's holiday specials, until they became not only associated with Christmas, but are, in fact, the official flower of Christmas. That's right. The official flower of Christmas is capitalism, but also poinsettias. Anyway, the point is, that poinsettias are Christmas flowers. They are from South Mexico, which is well within the tropical region, and they were even often kept in greenhouses in the United States. I am an idiot. And now, back to our episode. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that he got inside of uh, of the greenhouse to save the girl and then proceeded to do so and then was locked inside and probably thought to himself, did you ever get the feeling that you wanted to stay with the feeling that you wanted to go? Isn't that the Jirani song, right? That's how it goes. Did you ever get the feeling? Anyway. I have no idea what you're talking about. Shut the hell up. <laughs>
You're supposed to help me. Not I don't, be a, I don't not know what you're talking about. My Jimmy Durante knowledge is uh, pretty limited to ha cha 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 cha. All right. That's so the point is um, the anim- the animation is awful. That's one thing. It's uh, awful, awful, awful animation. Uh, if if we were doing like the specials, like that would be like a blowout because Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, the Rankin Bass from the stop motion one, is great. Is, is uh, far superior. It's one of the better. It it holds up and like there's like I remembered a billion things from it. I didn't even rewatch need to rewatch it. I was like, what happens in Frosty the Snowman? The I knew that cartoon. he I knew that they found a way that he would come. So like Santa Claus like unmelts him and yeah. then Frosty goes up to the Happy North Pole. Birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> so the end of that is that Frosty is able to come back every Christmas. Because originally like Frosty the Snowman, they don't mention Christmas in the song at all. Yeah, it's There's not. No it's not mention technically. Of it. Well, I mean, most Christmas, a lot of Christmas songs are not Christmas specific. Jingle Bells is not Christmas specific. Like anything that no. mentions snow becomes a Christmas song automatically. But Rudolph is very, very specifically a Christmas song. It is all about making sure that Christmas goes down correct. You know, Rudolph was the OG of the uh, whimsical 20th century Christmas characters. And I was actually reading about it. You know, we were talking about Gene Autry. He was the singing cowboy. He sang Back in the Saddle again. He was like a gigantic superstar in the 40s. Yep. And I was like reading his obituary. It was like, and they spent a lot of time not even talking about his like artistic output, but just how rich he was. Like he was like the first celebrity to to really get in on the merch. Like Gene Autry, uh, like lunch boxes and T-shirts and little toy cap guns and stuff. So he was like a bajillionaire. And it was like, but his like, he always said his his biggest money maker was this song, was Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, nineteen forty nine. He said he wasn't even gonna like sing it because he's he's not a Christmas singer; he's a country singer. Yeah, good decision. I mean, so you yeah. know, so basically the gist of it, if you don't know, which I didn't before I looked it up. Yeah, this is like one of those things where these songs exist in the zeitgeist, but if you if you don't think about them at all, which why would you? You might not know. Mm-hmm. So Rudolph, um, basically what happened was uh, there was this company, Montgomery Ward, that had these, you know, these big retail Th- That still shops. existed when I was a kid. Yeah. Montgomery Ward. It was like the Walmart of its day. Right. Uh, so they um, were selling a lot of coloring books around the holidays. And so they thought, well, why are we selling other people's coloring books? We should make our own. And so they hired this guy to make a book. And the book that he pitched was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And then they sold, I forget how many million in the first year alone. It was massively successful, which is why the song got made. But fun fact, and I thought this immediately uh, before I even looked it up, Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, red nose. Do you know they rejected the idea because they thought like red nose means drunk? (laughs) That didn't even occur to me. Because in the 1930s... That is not a guy you want uh, driving around. But yeah, Red Nose, like, I guess that one's fallen out of uh, favor. But right, like, but I remember being a kid, and, and if you watched older cartoons, that yeah. was the shorthand. As if you saw a character with a red nose, that meant that they were... And seeing pink ele- pink elephants. Yeah, 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 they were an alcoholic. That right. was it. That was that was the gist. So, uh, so Montgomery Ward turned it down initially, and then um, the author had somebody draw up what mm-hmm. Rudolph would look like. And then they were like, okay, that's cute as hell. So yeah. then they did it. Yeah. I, I, I was, I always wondered about that because like when you step back and look at it, 
a reindeer with a glowing red nose is super weird. It is weird. I mean, now, I mean, I associate red noses with you blowing your nose a lot. So you, I you either your are, blood vessels, pop? you're, you're yeah. perpetually ill. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a cold year round or you've got really bad allergies. Yeah. So I was like either, yeah, either Rudolph has a really bad immune system or he's got really bad allergies. That's it. Yeah. But just the idea of like, you've got this glowing light bulb on the front of your face, like, you know, like the operation guy, like, it's weird. It's a very weird concept. And it's certainly for like the 1930s when they were like, this is like an anime thing, like something like really weird and out there. Yeah. And for what it's worth, like if you think about it, a red nose would not be super helpful in the fog. No, I don't know why they thought that like if it was just really, really, really bright, that, that you, would make a difference. Like, have you ever turned on your brights on a foggy road? Like it makes it worse. Yeah, it's a weird thing. And then there's um, the what I think people always bring up about Rudolph, which oh, is that we're gonna get into it now. Well, yeah, it's that you know he's like an oppressed. He, they treat him bad. You know, he he gets picked on, and then they come around. And they're like, okay, but now we need your help. And he goes, sure. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's not doing it for them. Let's be clear. Well, yeah. <laughs> you say that, and I suppose I mean like, yeah. I so as a kid, I think I got Rudolph because. I thought, you know, I got beat up after school every day. And I'm like, what if all of my bullies suddenly liked me mm-hmm. and needed me? Wouldn't that be nice? But in 2019, I kind of feel as though you look at Rudolph and you think. Rudolph, just tell him to go screw off. Like, why does Rudolph not have that Big Sean energy? Where's that? <laughs> like, Rudolph, with your, snow, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? And he would be like, I don't fuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't give, like that is I think the prevailing thing that you see a lot when people look um in this sort of sophomoric pseudo yeah. mature but not really. I, I think there was like a robot chicken thing about that where like he does like he does save Christmas and then it's like oh Rudolph he's like have a good night. Thank you for saving Christmas and then like cut to Rudolph just like staring down all the other reindeers like well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there's just, there's no real dark equivalent for Frosty, is there? There just isn't. I mean, the best, I, I was sitting there, I was racking my brain, and I thought, he's got those um, those eyes made out of coal. That's creepy, isn't it? Well, I mean, kind like, I'm like, of, I'm like, this, this is like a, this is like a, um, bringing these songs together is like a, it's like Revelation 6.12. You're like, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloths, or, uh, or, you know, black as coal, coal, snowman's eyes, and the moon became as blood, or, you know, Rudolph's red nose. What I'm saying is that bring these two songs together in song versus song is a harbinger of, of the end times. <laughs> well, you know... I, I guess you can kind of see Frosty as this horrible eldritch abomination. I think you got to work a lot harder to for it on Frosty the Snowman if you want to pervert it with our horrible minds. But like Rudolph has like an actual story going on, so like it's it's a lot easier to nitpick that one apart because you know there's like an actual plot to it. Frosty is just as a song, it's just so cute and so chipper. I you know that they they actually make it better in the terrible cartoon in that he actually dies and there's like actual some kind of stakes to it but then it's like he arrived and he was wonderful and we you know we screwed around for a while and it was fun and then he left 
And the, well, wait a minute. Okay. My opinion on this is that his death in the song is implied. Actually, I you know I was listening to uh, various versions, and there there are versions where they do make it clear like he has to leave or he will uh, decease. And you know, for obvious reasons, you know, winter doesn't last forever. Snowmans have limited shelf lives. Nothing beautiful. Most, uh, nothing beautiful can stay, baby. <laughs> That's it. But no, I mean that like the gist of of the song as I've known it is that you know he acknowledges the fact that uh, yeah that's that winter isn't going to stick around and then he like runs behind a hill where i assume yeah. he melts right like you don't they don't they say like i'll be back again someday but like there's nothing about it and i also kind of think that his idea is that he's running around saying catch me if you can isn't that yeah. him basically saying that to the grim reaper you know, oh, isn't wow. he, that's my, that's my, I mean, maybe this is just because I'm a, a, a morbid human being, but I always sort of thought that there is this implied mortality to Frosty. It's just the, the, um, the cartoon version where he like Olaf and Frozen is granted some kind of special magic power that makes it so that he can exist no matter what. He'll be totally yeah. fine. Oh man, poor Olaf. He didn't, he didn't even make the top two of your snowmen. No, he didn't. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Olaf. Um, Does he at least beat the little snowman drawing from the snowman 2015, Mr. Police? Oh, uh, hmm. I don't know. That one is so memeable. <laughs> it, it was uh, highly memeable, yes. So in that way, no, Olaf is, 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 the, is the greatest loser of them all. <laughs> wow. Not even Michael Fassbender's Mr. Police snowman. Well, you know, l- let me say this. We've we've been joking about uh, the you know the plots of this, but I I feel like just as an actual song, as something you would actually choose to listen to, I do prefer Rudolph. Like there's like more power to it as a story because, you know, like I was reading like the facts about it. And it turns out like the guy who wrote the the original storybook, you know, Robert May, he was a sickly kid. He got bullied a lot in school. So that's that's where he said his story of, you know, the the underdog coming to, you know, all the popular kids have to go suck up to him now. Maybe it's a little teenage, but like I felt it. I felt it as a kid. It's like, yeah, that's right. You you know, people get what they deserve. They get what the the, the praise that they earn and everyone is special in their own way. I, I noticed about it. Also, the uh, the writer of the actual song was Jewish, as were most of those Tin Pan Alley guys. And, uh, I mean, you can read something in that if you want. Yeah, you could. You could certainly read into it the idea that uh, um, that you can be kind of isolated if you're uh, just throwing it out there, a Jewish kid in a largely Christian town. Yeah. By, by the way, most of the the classic Christmas songs from, like, the 20th century were Jewish written. Yeah. I and, don't know if you knew this, but uh, Santa Claus, Jewish. Is he? Yeah, you didn't know? I did not. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Was that, it, pronounced Klaus, I guess. Wow. No. Nope. Anyway, um, so here's here's a counterpoint to you. Ella Fitzgerald did covers of both these songs, and I actually think the Frosty cover of Ella's is way better than the Rudolph. And in Ooh, fact, I actually... Hard disagree. Oh, I liked I liked Ella's version of it. Um, what else? I, I like the Ronettes version of it. Um, I think that Jimmy Durante is great. Yeah, so- I don't know. Like, listening to cover after cover of both songs... I actually started to kind of lean towards Frosty a little bit. Wow, because I, you know, I w- I just typed in both songs on on Spotify and hit play, 
And I came on down real hard on Rudolph. Like this was like absolutely like and there was like classic version after classic version. There was like uh, Dean Martin and there was like Bing Crosby. There was Casey Musgraves. Oh, man. The Casey Musgraves version of Rudolph is great. And uh, Ella, Ella's came up. I forget which ones of the Gene Autry's original came up. And uh, but when you got to like Frosty the Snowman, like you had, there were like the most popular versions were like stuff I never heard of, and they were like just trying to jazz it up as best they could. Like here's a you know like a smooth jazz version, here's like a, a wacky punk version or something like that. Because like the original song is just not that good. It's not. I don't know. I like these. I like the yellow version. I like the Ronettes. Um, the Bing version's fine. Yeah. Um, the Bing version is weird because they have an actual. I think I think it's a woman voicing Rudolph. It's like, uh, and there's like, a, I'm Rudolph, yay! And I was like, that's weird. You, we don't need like a second person to voice Rudolph. Let me tell you something though. There is one version of Frosty which was really good. I it, just like I really like the, the Casey Musgraves version of Rudolph. The mm-hmm. uh, the version of Frosty that I liked the most was by Fiona Apple. What? I missed that one. That's fucking right. Fiona Apple does a cover of Frosty the Snowman, and it's great. Really good. <laughs> wow. That's, I I have to check that out someday. And there's a Jackson 5 version of it, too. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, there's a lot come of. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, Christmas music, as we understand it, the, the as our generation mostly comes from 60s versions of, like, Phil Spector and the Ronettes and the Crystals and the Jackson 5, I think. Right. Are in that category. And in fact, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey is just like a pastiche of that entire style of the 60s. Yeah, I mean, it's it's supposed to be uh, an homage to that song, uh, Baby Please Come Home, which is which is my other favorite Christmas song. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, in a gas station bathroom coming home from Thanksgiving. Can't wait to hear the rest of the story. And I'm just like, I'm in there. And I'm listening to the the gas station radio. It was like a Wawa or something. It was uh, Harry Connick Jr.'s Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And all of a sudden, I just never wanted to hear Christmas music ever again. And I it took me a lot. I had to crawl Why my way. Why you heard this particular version, we may never know. <laughs> it's been. It took me a long time over the course of the these this last week to crawl out of my humbug category because for me for you know since i became an adult christmas just means stress for me and like you hear these songs over and over again and it just wears on you and certainly if you work retail i got a lot of comments oh sure from retail did you ever work retail um well i I only worked in a mcdonald's i only worked like fast food so i don't think i i had that whoo that's rough too. No, I no, worked, no, I worked no, a no, lot no, of. Right. Oh wait, no, that's right. right. I did work at Best Buy, but I don't think we had a, a Christmas specific playlist. No, that's right. I only worked there during the summer. They would wear things out. Thank God I didn't work on Christmas. My little brother left some, some comments because he is just like a couple of years away from his retail hell days. I worked a lot of retail, and he was like, "Every single version of this is worse than the last. Both of them." All right, so just a really positive, upbeat Christmas episode that we're doing. No. Um, all right, so... No, no, no. Yep. I, am I wrong? Am I wrong? I don't know. <laughs> We've actually managed to talk for almost 35 goddamn minutes. This, I is, have this, this is terrible. Let's well, just very quickly, because I feel like... All right, what did you want to say? What's, what's, what's your favorite version of uh, Rudolph, then? 
The Casey Musgraves version. I love really? that. Really? Yeah, I heard it immediately and was like, this rules because Casey Musgraves has one of the best voices of all time. Yeah, it's weird to remember that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is, is basically a country song, like the Gene Autry original. Yeah, and the thing that's interesting is if you listen to Gene Autry's version, it's different from the one that's in the Rankin-Bass special. Like, he sings it slightly differently. Mm-hmm. And Casey Musgraves sings it the way that Gene Autry did. Yeah, and I found a George Strait version of it, and it's like, wow, this is a really good, solid country song. I didn't think of that. And, I, you know, Gene Autry also did the original Frosty the Snowman. It's not very country. And... Even though Gene Autry is the original, I don't think it's like the definitive version. You said it was Jimmy Durante for you. That's the one that I think of. And when I think of um, Rudolph, I think of uh, What's-His-Face, the guy who sang it in, in the Rankin-Bass. which is, is Burl Lives? Uh, Burl Lives, yeah, yeah. That's, that's funny because uh, Burl Lives is, is the first person I think of when I think of Frosty. Now that I'm thinking about it, does, does he even do a version or am I imagining that? Um, he might because doesn't he do the thing where he's also a, a snowman? He's a snowman in the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer but there's cartoon. A, but there is a crossover event. They eventually had one where I think they meet. Do, do, I'm, I'm sure they, they must have. They, you know, Because I also, so I, the thing I associate Burl Ives with is neither of those songs. It's Holly Jolly yeah, Christmas. It's, it's yeah. Holly Jolly Christmas. That's the one. That's like the Burl Ives Christmas and he, song. And he sings that in the, uh, in the original Rudolph cartoon, right? He does. Man, I can't believe we didn't even talk about how weird the Rudolph cartoon is, the stop motion animation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is a super weird... I just the elf think it's, dentist that is the weirdest thing. Imagine, if you will, yeah, being born into a family, a culture wherein your whole thing is bringing joy to all the little girls and boys of the world, <laughs> and you said, "Fuck that! I'm gonna rip out motherfucking teeth." Like you'll be a dentist. Yeah, like that's oh, mama. I, <laughs> It's really bizarre. As a kid, it was kind of funny. As an adult, you think, what sort of sadist? I mean, he's a you know, island of misfit toys for a reason. That's a bad guy. Is that, is that the one with the, the, the abominable snowman also? Yep. The ad- yep. stop motion snowman? Yes, it is. The guy's movements creeped me out. Yeah, it was creepy, um, but good, but way better than the Frosty thing. Anyway. Um, it, yeah, Frosty the snowman is just boring. I, I was like, I don't remember anything about that cartoon except uh, like the policeman blowing it off, uh, swallowing his whistle. Like, a snowman. Yep. <sighs> yep. Also, they, they build a snowman with legs. It's Tro- weird to me. Tropical poinsettias. <laughs> That's what I think of. Uh, all right. So let's very quickly do the three questions, because the thing is, I don't even think we care about the first two. Right. But- like. You got to get, I mean, it feels kind of obvious, isn't it? You have to keep one, but the other one is lost to time, which is the one that has to stay. Uh, Rudolph. I mean, I, like, it's not, not that it's that important, but like, it seems, yeah. it seems kind of clear. I mean, without, without Rudolph, you don't have, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas is entirely different. What do you do with that? Oh, I guess that's a good point. Although I will say this, and this blew my mind. I found an article from Deadline uh, dated uh, November 30th of this very year, wherein a CBS won the night. For airing Frosty. Do you know how many people watched that terrible Frosty cartoon? Over 4 million people. 4 million people in an 8 p.m. time slot. Watched a bad 60s cartoon. That's, you know, CBS can can go to hell. It can go to hell and die. It's a Christmas tradition. Christmas is about doing things because you've always done them. I guess so. <laughs> it, was the, it was also the 50th airing, which is weird. Anyway, that just it occurred to me. So, all right. So yeah, that's, it's the 50th anniversary of Frosty and the 51st of Rudolph the Resnode's Reindeer. Yep. So here's uh, the second question, which I can't imagine giving any less of a shit about. Yeah. 
which is like which is the one that you would want to witness the birth of what where where do you want to see where you want to be a fly on the wall and uh witness the creation of a no, song who cares <laughs> yeah neither neither truthfully i couldn't care any less so now, well, let's go to the only one that matters we have an answer for this question i have an answer for the william shatner question yeah so william shatner can only do a version of one of these songs which one should he do well the thing is he's already done one of these oh i did not see this coming he's already done rudolph the red-nosed reindeer that's what i thought i had it had to be why why because there's so much emotion for an actor to really bring out in those lyrics. There's, you know, there's pain, rage, triumph, acting. Would you like to know who the featured artist was? Yes, I would. That would be Billy Gibbons. From ZZ Top? Yes. Wait. <laughs> I did not see that coming at all. Does he sing or does he just blues guitar we're gonna pause for a moment so that todd can hear the song and then he can weigh in okay i bet you've changed your mind now haven't you now you have regrets let me say this i'm not uh convinced that a frosty shatner would uh be an improvement uh it's a weird it's a weird choice that he made okay you keep asking me this shatner thing week after week and we made it part of our thing I'm starting to realize that talking about Shatner singing is more interesting or more fruitful than actually listening to him singing. Like it's, I mean, it's funny in its way. I think you kind of have to imagine the, um, the transformed man era of him doing it because you know, this, this, uh, this one that came out, uh, that's a Rudolph is genuinely from last year. It's from 2018. And I just don't think that he's, he quite, I think he really cared when he did Transform Man, he did he took it very seriously. Yeah, now he's, I don't think he gives a shit now. I now think he's, he's semi in on the joke, and it's not the same. Right, it's like a movie that is made to be bad, so that Mystery Science Theater will make fun of it. You know? Yeah, it's it's a it's kind of the Sharknado of music at this point. How dare you? Yeah, uh, but yeah, so I still think, despite the like, had he done this in the 1970s, it would have been great. Yeah, well, you know, the there is a definitive. Uh, version of a non-singer doing uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and that is, of course, DMX. Mostly raps, he does the singing version, and it is truly wonderful. Especially when they you hear the remix where they actually uh, remix it in with other DMX songs. Have you never heard of this? No, I've X has never given it to me. Pause. Christmas style. Pause. Okay. Now that's the best version <laughs> of any song I've ever heard in my life. I'm so glad I got to introduce that to you. From now on, we should ask um, DMX could do a version. <laughs> Rod, oh, duh. Yep. Okay, well, that was uh, that is my favorite version. I don't have a favorite Frosty the Snowman version. I could go with the rest of my life. All right, we literally at, are at minute 42, so let's go. What, uh, did, what did people think? What did, what did people think? Yeah. Okay, I'm surprised we didn't get into this. This one comes from Seth Smith, who writes, It's unfortunate but relatable that Rudolph takes its don't underestimate or shun different people to the wish fulfillment stage of basically pulling up to the reindeer high school reunion in a sports car and 50 pounds lighter and being retroactively voted prom king. It's a it's a, it's a little wish fulfillment. Yeah, I guess it is. It's I, like the like Kung Fu Panda of Christmas. As somebody who uh, 
has never been happier to have uh, done the opposite of bringing sexy back. <laughs> it's weird, right? Like, isn't that yeah. a strange thing? The idea of somebody got, wanting to go back to high school and be the the king of the school. Yeah, I, I have reached a point where who uh, cares? Yeah, not only do I not care, but I love that I have faded into the distance. Who like. Man, I love getting old and fat and bald. This is the, this is the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. You're wrong, Rudolph. <laughs> well, let's see. Tony Goldmark. Hey, Tony. Writes. Hey, Tony. Hey, man. Yeah, you know, Tony. I'm I know he is. Yeah. He says, I can't think of Frosty the Snowman anymore without being reminded of that fuck-awful Bruce Willis-style blues rock cover it from the Michael Keaton movie, Jack Frost. So Rudolph wins. Whoa. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Michael Keaton's blues band in that movie. Whew. It's a lot of blues harmonica in it. Not not even the first Jack. Again, not the best Jack Frost movie. <laughs> From 1998. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The best one, obviously, is, is the is the one with the with the murdering. Yeah. The child's play version of, <laughs> of, of Frost of the Snowman. All right. Vince McManus writes, and this is the one I was expecting us to get into that we just completely missed. I was like. It's a cliche to hate Rudolph for a reason. The song is thinly veiled propaganda for American children that attempts to advertise our completely fucked value system. And we're far from overcoming this damage today. The universal basic income gaining mainstream traction is a clear signal that the younger people coming into power are sick of the idea that a life only has value if it fulfills a predetermined role in our society. You still only deserve common decency in this song when you fit into a mold. Fuck this song. Wow. Well, have you not ever seen that meme of uh, like Rudolph? It says like, differences will be beaten down or something like that unless they can be exploited. So, you know, see the oppression inherent in the system, Dan. Have you never seen this? Like, (laughs) I'm getting just a blank stare from... (laughs) I just, I don't know. I mean, yes, I'm sure sure that's true. I guess I just... Don't bring your commie foolishness into our most capitalist and commercial of holidays. (laughs) (laughs) Our our most capitalist of uh, podcasts. Yes. Song versus song. It's not socialism versus socialism. <laughs> no, that's a lie. Anyway, go ahead. It's a very socialist podcast. Continue. Yeah. This Bill- is a, half of the podcast comes from the people, you see. Yes. We are, we are the people's podcast. That's true. <laughs> All right. Bill Levin writes, there are dozens of songs about snowmen, but only one about a reindeer with a light up nose. I can't argue with that. All right. Like, yeah. I mean, again, actually, are there dozens of songs about snowmen? My, well, again, Frosty is not my favorite snowman, so I suppose that says something. I mean, there's. A, do you want to build a snowman? That's we got. We got three, and that one. Hey, Mister Police Officer, I left you all the clues. <laughs> and, and while we're on the topic, in the Rainbow Connection, when Kermit sings, "Why are there so many songs about rainbows?" Are there so many songs about rainbows? Because I'm not sure there are. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah, there's over the rainbow, and, I, and I, then I run out. Okay, and the and then Rainbow Connection. Anyway. Harold Harcourt writes, I vote Frosty because Rudolph reads like self-insert fan fiction. I'm the favorite now. All you other reindeers fucks can stare at my asshole while I steer this shit. And Jesse Alora adds to this comment, Rudolph was the original Mary Sue. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Are, are they wrong? I mean, here's what I know. There's going to be a point in which they're going to come back to the story and they're going to answer the question. Rudolph is going to be in an accident and you're going to see that his head is actually uh, got wires and shit coming out of it. 
because he's a robot. He's and a that's droid. That's how he was so good at steering. This is so esoteric. No one is going to know what you're talking about. I'll tell you what. There, there will be exactly five people who will know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> this one is for you, five people. That's right. This is for all you Jenny Nicholson fans. Vassal Karamov writes, Wow, not being from an English land, I am just learning about both these artifacts and I am confused already. What kind of a bizarre question is, do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? How can someone recall all the others but not the famous one? Here's a funny thing. I'm surprised you don't have Rudolph and wherever you're from, Vassal Karamov, some, some, something Eastern European, because Rudolph has traveled quite a bit a ways. Like, there are versions of it in many languages, although I guess not his. Frosty is a distinctly American thing. Just like I have no idea what you're talking about with the snowman. In England, they have no idea who Frosty is. I got a lot of comments about that. For the best, for the best. <laughs> they definitely know who Raymond Briggs the snowman is. Okay. On We On Me writes, Rudolph, because I don't have to listen to people start singing it and immediately forget the lyrics every year. Oh. I don't. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I don't really know the Frosty lyrics off the top of my head. Me neither. And I intend to not ever listen to it again after I finish this podcast. I mean, I know, I know, I know that this snowman was a jolly, happy soul with a corncob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. That's it. That's all I know. (laughs) Wow. I'm trying to think of how it goes. And then like, I was like, what's the second verse? And I was like, then all the reindeer loved him as like, no, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. They are in that way. Very similar. Um, But uh, here's what I know about Frosty. Just quick sidebar in the lyrics that I've heard. There's a point in which they're walking around. He brings the kids to a cop. Oh, yeah. To a, I mean, a traffic cop, but still a cop. <laughs> traffic cop. Let me tell you something, Frosty. You're going to do whistle at me? If you, if, you, if you like Frosty over Rudolph, you're a cop. <laughs> People's podcast, man. Got him. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get this over with. Yes, go ahead. Who do you think won? Um, I, and, and by how much? I think it'll be Rudolph. I think it'll probably be, uh, I'm going to say 65-35. 65-35? And Rudolph? Yeah, it's my guess. All right, with a total uh, vote count of 265 to 191, that's a uh, 57%. The winner is indeed Rudolph. Okay. So you were you know a little overshot a little, but not too much. Okay. That's, that's, it, was, it was it was actually surprisingly close for a thing that I'm sure absolutely nobody really cares about. Yeah, I, I think we had a little less votes for this one because I got a lot of votes saying uh, fuck both these songs. Like yeah. whoever wins, we lose. Was one comment. Yeah, somebody had uh, on the community board said something about. Um, doing um, War is Over by John Lennon versus Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul oh, McCartney. Oh, that would be a humongous blowout. It, well, okay, you say that, but 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 in which direction? Because I like the John Lennon song, at least parts of it, and I hate, the Paul McCartney song might be my most hated Christmas song of yeah, all well, time. Yeah, that's well, a, that's, a, that's a pretty common stance. I have no idea. It's a, it's a funny thing, I've never listened to it enough to uh, really react badly to it. I'm sure if I had to hear it over and over again, I would, but I've, I've just managed to avoid it, I guess. How about this? Uh, I was thinking, like, maybe Jingle Bell Rock versus Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. That would have been a better one. I don't know why you suggested these to me. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> That's not what happened. That is not what happened. All right. Uh, well, you know, one last question. What's your favorite Christmas song? I do actually think it is probably um, Baby Please Come Home. Baby Please Come Home. Original version? Yeah. You- I really like that one. Because U2 does a pretty good version. I know they're your favorite band ever. Shut the hell up. Mine is uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by uh, Judy Garland. Garland. I know that. Only one thing comes close, and it might actually be better, is uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by The Pretenders. Oh. Both, I love both those versions of that song. 
Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is such a beautiful fucking song, and I love it so much. It's great. I mean, yeah. I would. it's on my list. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely uh, the Darling Love version of Baby yeah. Please Come Home. Or or that, that song, Walking in the Air, which is not specifically about Christmas, but is definitely a Christmas song. And uh, Our House by Madness. That is a Christmas song, I've decided. <laughs> okay. Somewhere out there from An American Tale, I've decided is also a Christmas song. I don't know where I'm coming up with this, but it, I'm I stand by it. So to be clear, you have decided that a song sung by a Jewish mouse, yes, a Russian Jewish mouse, is a Christmas song. Like I said, most of these Christmas songs are written by Jews. So all right, okay. I mean, I like that song. It's a classic. All right. right. Well, um, what's the oh right? What's we- the next episode? <laughs> That's right. You you were suggesting to me we need to do something for like the end of the decade or at least the end of the year. Yeah. Something f- from this. And I came up with, you know, one of the biggest songs of the decade and one of the biggest songs of this year. Uh, we're doing Bodak Yellow by Cardi B versus Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Oh, man. The, the, tr- the truth is going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to be rough. And uh, I hopefully this will not end up uh, coming to bite me. But um, as far as we know. There will be a guest the very first time. We'll have a we'll have a third person. Oh, that's right. That's right. That should be fun. Yeah. I don't want to say who it is. Uh, in, in, case case we, it, in, in case we blow it. Yeah. In, ca- in case it doesn't happen. But in theory, we have a guest lined up who would be very good for this episode that I feel. Um, all right. Well, that is uh, that's the episode. Uh, as always, um, thank you for listening. A couple of things. If you want to support the podcast... Uh, there are a lot of great ways to do it, which will cost you absolutely nothing, zero dollars. And that is uh, if you go on iTunes or wherever to give a review, uh, if you give five stars, that would be great. If you write a review, that's also in- incredibly helpful. And uh, especially because it's the end of the year, you're going to see a lot of people talking about podcasts that they listen to on Spotify and looking for other podcasts to have recommended to them. So recommend the podcast on social media. That is an enormous, enormous, enormous help. And if you want to support us in a financial way, uh, it only costs a dollar and you can get the third patron exclusive episode that we do every month. That is us reviewing a musical movie and uh, usually something that's out in theaters. If there is something out in theaters, we've only had to go to the home video library once. Last last month we did Frozen Two. Yeah, we, was, we we could have done Last Christmas, but it's it's really just inspired uh, by the George Michael music. There's not really a ton of singing in it. I would have I would have been happy to review that had uh we not had a much better option this month. Yes, uh, this month uh, it will cost you but one dollar once again to hear us talk about cats when it comes out. It, is, a, the movie, a, it is the movie that I am looking forward to more than any other this entire year. Same. And, you know, it'll drop about a, a week after this episode drops. And when it comes out, we are going to jump on that baby. We are on it. Yep. All right. Uh, and please remember also that uh, if you're listening to our podcast, you can also listen to our sister podcast. It is called The Apocalypse Book Club. It is recorded right at the same fancy new table that we have uh, we're sitting at right here today. Apocalypse is hosted by Nella and Sarah, who you uh, probably know. If you mm-hmm. if you know Todd, there's a good chance that you know who Nella is, and also by my wife Raven. And they talk about uh, books that are apocalyptic in nature, and they do it uh, in order of release. So, like every single book about the end of days 
from the very first one to the present one. And it's pretty good. I like it. So check that out. And that also costs you nothing. Thank you so much. This this uh, podcast is really taking off and we really appreciate it because it's so new and we're really proud of like having you all around. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah. Yep. Goodbye.